This episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by CRE Launch Pro, the only online course that walks you through the five steps of preparing you to invest in commercial real estate packed with over 15 hours of video, 25 plus downloads and underwriting spreadsheets and case studies so that you can buy your first deal confidently. Head on over to CRELaunchPro.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast. My name is Tyler Cobble, your host as always. And today I am excited to be diving into this conversation with Brian Lubin. We actually met, uh, what, a couple months ago at a mastermind here in uh, in Nashville. He's, he's out of Austin, Texas. And Brian's got a really interesting background. He uh, did what um, any good college graduate does and joined corporate America uh, with the intent to climb, climb that beautiful corporate ladder uh, the ever so slippery ladder and got very fed up with it very fast and ended up quitting his day job uh, last year and really spends the overwhelming majority of his time traveling, which I think is such a great thing for people to be able to do. I couldn't do it. Maybe I will be able to someday because I like, I actually like working, um, yeah. but I do take, I do take 30 days off every year. So I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but I mean, he t- what, what you spent, what, like six months in Europe as soon as you quit? Yeah, I spent eight months in Europe when I quit, and now I'm about to, that we're recording this on a Tuesday, Thursday, this Thursday, I'm leaving Austin, Texas to go back to Europe. Um, so I'm doing a month and a half again. So I think I'm gonna make it a recurring tradition. I'm doing uh, uh, two weeks of vacation and then two weeks of uh, recovery. So uh, when you say that I'm traveling, yeah, I am traveling, but I can operate my business from anywhere in the world. Um, I'm not really with the wanderlust travel influencer crowd right. where I'm like, oh yeah, let's sell everything that you own, uh, hop up and just go travel around the world out of a backpack. I think that's stupid. Um, no offense to you guys, <laughs> <clears throat> but it's just like for me, I'm like, let's get the foundation established first that it can continue to pay for whatever lifestyle you want. It's just for me, for my big exciting life, I'm like, dude, I wanna be able to operate my business anywhere with a Mac and a mic. So anywhere that I've got an internet connection, I want to be able to manage my real estate. I want to be able to buy more real estate and I want to operate my business. That's what I want to do. So everything in my life revolves around those questions, which is why it matters knowing what the hell you want before you even begin the real estate investing journey. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about what you've done with your, your work is that you've actually crafted your income and your work life around your personal life, which I feel like so many people do the exact opposite, right? They're like, oh, I'm just going to work, you know, and and live for the weekends. And I've never been that guy. I'm like, dude, if I want to go do something fun on a Tuesday night, we're going crazy on a Tuesday night. Like, you know, work can wait. Um, But I I, I love that you've done that. And obviously real estate has been a part of it, but you've got a couple of other ventures, including the Action Academy, um, which you've been hosting for, I guess, about a year now. and so I, I want to dive into more of that, but you know, kind of tell us more about your background. Like, what were you doing in corporate America and what made you realize, like, I got to get the hell out of here? Sure. Um, and, and one thing to point on what you just said was uh, like the weekends, like the whole idea of weekends. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting if you go back in history and you look at, you know, people working and how we used to work uh, this whole 40 hour work week, retire at 65. Uh, thing this all started in like 1930s 1940s with the industrial the industrial complex Henry Ford made it popular with the with the factories the assembly lines um, so he actually him and Rockefeller I'm doing a lot of research for this for my book that I'm writing right now so him Rockefeller were like some of the big uh, <clears throat> Titans of industry and so Rockefeller was one of the largest uh, donors to the United States like school board school system 
So he was the largest single donor to the system privately. So he was the one that established the original school week and then eventually established the original 40 hour work week, uh, which now was, it was originally like 50, 60 hours and they brought it back down to 40. So he designed all of it to be uh, getting people prepped and ready for his factories. Yeah, that's training. That's why they do the bells in between classes. and That's what it was all designed for. And it makes yeah. sense when you think about it. And that's why when people leave, so like a person, the people that I speak to, I, I like to help people get financial freedom. That's awesome. But how many accounts exist like that, right? Nobody, not one person that I know of talks about what happens after. Because my wholehearted belief is that anybody can go from zero to financially independent within three years. I wholeheartedly believe that. If you pour all of your time, energy, resources, and you make it like your mission in life, say, I'm getting out of this, I'm paying off this debt, I'm becoming financially free in three years, you can do it through real estate and business. I guarantee you. Like, there's never been a better time in, in the history of the world to be able to do that. So you have a lot of life to live after. Like, I did it at 27. And so what now? Am I supposed to just like lay on a beach and do nothing for the rest of my life? No. <laughs> and so it's just like, and then people quit, and that's why I coach people on my business all the time now. It's like people quit and they get enough passive income to not work. Now what? And everyone freaks out when you become an entrepreneur, you run your own thing because you have no idea how to manage your time. And everyone gets like so freaked out about that because we're like, we're such a high performer. Why are we so bad at time management? It's because you were spending your entire waking life up until this moment working off of somebody else's calendar through kindergarten, elementary, middle, high school, college. So that was me, uh, did that, went to corporate America, you know, natural transition, and then you go, you're prepped and ready, you know, for the big leagues, you go into corporate. I did the corporate thing, I was in B2B sales, so I sold to businesses. Um, so I started from the bottom of the company and went way to the top, I was number eight out of 5,079 sales reps. Um, so I was up in the top 10, I never cracked the top five, still salty about it, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, and dude, I made it to the mountaintop, you know, and when you make it to that level, they're, they're like, okay, we're going to promote you to sales manager. Then we're going to make you VP within three years. This is the progression. And then you start shadowing these people. And I started shadowing my boss and my boss's boss. And I was like, holy shit, y'all's life suck. I was like, <laughs> your life is worse than my life today. I was like, and you're making a little bit more money, but for the amount of time that you're working, not so much. If I work, if I'm really good at my job as a sales rep and I can now make a quarter million dollars, 30 hours a week. And I was like, and you're working 60 hours a week and you're making 350, 400,000, you're actually making less per hour than I am. And it's all like management work and admin tasks and PowerPoints and conference calls. I was like, this is miserable. So look at your boss's boss. If that's the person that you wanna be, sure. Keep on trucking. I hope that you guys find happiness, but most of us, that's not the case. So I looked at my boss's boss. I was like, I hate this guy. I don't want to be that guy. Um, so I started playing my escape. So I started buying real estate, bought single family, very, very not sexy, very boring. Um, that's what I did to establish my base. Grew $4,000 of passive income a month coming in from uh, co-living properties, nothing sexy. But that allowed me to just replace my salary just about, you know, after taxes. I had like $45,000 salary and I house hacked. So I didn't have any housing expense. I didn't have a car expense. I buy my cars in cash, no debt, paid off my student loans through a company I started in college. So I'm debt free, I'm living for free. I've got $4,000 a month coming in. Now granted, I've got a quarter million a job, quarter million dollar a year job, it's from 20,000 to 4,000, it's a big delta to you know make up. 
But I was like, dude, if I wanted to, I could leave. And so originally I was like, okay, I want to leave through $20,000 a month of passive income, pure, true passive income. But you know more than anyone how effing difficult it is to generate $20,000 a month in true, pure, passive income. Oh yeah. Like people, people have this fallacy where they think real estate, passive income, cool. Or I'll just hire an operator, right? Like it's easy. It's not. <laughs> so how I made that Delta up was actually through starting a podcast. It was completely accidental. Um, and then that podcast turned into a media company through affiliate revenue. So my goal, the reason to tie all this together, my goal through all of this, before I bought the real estate, before I started the podcast, my goal was $20,000 a month in remote scalable income. So my coach said, does it all need to be passive? He's like, I bet you're still gonna wanna work, but just on your own thing. I was like, yeah, of course I'm still gonna wanna work and build my own thing. He's like, okay, cool. We'll figure this $15,000 out. I've got faith in you. And I did. But my, my caveat was, how can I do it anywhere in the world? And so that was like the bumpers that I put on my decision making. And then that's the advice that I give to people. So people spend so much time picking all these asset classes and they don't have any reason to say no to anything. So that's what strategy is. Strategy is a set of self-imposed constraints that you place on your own decision making. And so when you have your vision, it's not necessarily telling you what to do, it's telling you what to say no to. Because every yes needs to be justified by a thousand no's. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I completely agree with you. You know, you know, I was telling my girlfriend this the other day. I was like, if if it is not a hell yes to me, it's a hell no. Like it's very binary. So if we're not all in on this decision, we're walking away. I don't. It, there, it's not even like a oh, but we're eighty percent there. Like no, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I think that that's a really great philosophy to live by. Um, when it comes to what kind of real estate do you want to buy, right? Like mm -hmm. I would rather spend time and wait longer to find the right piece of property than to just buy something to buy something. Because if you're buying a deal or if you're starting a business or you're doing anything right, just to do it, it's going to be so draining on you. If physically, emotionally, you're not going to like it, you're going to get tired of it. You're going to put it back down and you're going to be over it. Um, Let's, see, let's jump in the comments real, real quick. Goddess is saying, hi, guys. Uh, watching on speakerphone at work. <laughs> I love it. We're talking about leaving <laughs> your job, listening at work. Um, playlist specialist is saying, y'all, please help me leave my job for the land flipping. I am tired. Well, playlist, hopefully uh, we're going to have some really good takeaways uh, for you today on how you can do that. I mean, land flipping is an incredibly profitable venture if you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm actually flipping a piece of land right now that I bought uh, I guess a little over a year ago, two years ago, we paid like six hundred and thirty thousand dollars for it, and we're under contract or six hundred and fifty, and I'm under contract for two point one million um, set to close in January. So, I mean, you know, you think about that, like it's like you're one deal away from being able to leave. You know, that's yeah. what I love about real estate, dude. And the secret is the how is not the hard part. The how is what trips everyone up, though. It's ironic because like. And also, like Tyler and I are speaking from a perspective like a couple years deep in the game. I think in the very beginning, you need to say yes to everything until you earn the ability to say no to everything. Um, so we can say that now because we know our thing and we've dipped our, our pen in a bunch of different ink, right? But like in the very beginning, I think people have so much analysis paralysis around which thing is going to be their passion. I'm like, and that's my whole jam is I, I love, you know, combining people with passion and helping them turn it into profit. But in the very beginning, dude, you just got to go. Like you just got to uh do something 
like buy the one house, do the one flip, buy the singular laundromat, buy that one piece of commercial property that's probably going to absolutely kick your ass and you're going to mess it up, but you're going to learn from it. Like picking your asset class is going around a food court or it's like speed dating. You know, everyone's looking to find their marriage and to find their forever partner. Like, dude, go around the food court, try the chicken, try the beef, try the seafood. Get a little bit of everything. Get a little bit of everything, dude. You will figure it out after a certain amount of time. And every single failure isn't a failure if you learn from it, because then you're like, damn, I hated that. All right. Or, hey, I love this. This is super fun for me. So for me, I did house hacks. So I did the easiest way possible that anybody can do 3% down, buy a house a year. So easy. Anybody can do that with half a brain cell. I'm sorry. It's very easy. <laughs> like you don't need to hire a coach. You don't need to hire a mentor. You could read a like three paragraphs and have all the information you need to buy a like a single property. You live in one part, you rent the other bedrooms out. Very easy. And I'm selling those properties today. Um, three, four years down in the future. Now I've got a couple hundred thousand dollars I'm going to sit on in cash and do something bigger now because I don't want to do that anymore. And that's okay. But it's like you earn that ability. So when you're trying to leave your job, the first thing you want to do is establish your foundation. So your foundation is the unsexy stuff. So people look for the sexy thing to leave their job, but that's not the case. You do the sexy stuff to build the foundation upon which you do the sexy stuff. So you guys see Tyler doing like the sexy commercial deals and the creative commercial deals after he brokered, you know, thousands of deals already. And he yeah. did it as a broker, he did it as a flipper, he did it as an owner. And that were like very boring, repeatable, like over and over and over those the grindstone types of deals until you build expertise and then you can do sexy stuff. So people see like the travel and everything and they're like, oh my God, like I want to go do that. I'm like, yeah, you can, you know, but let's, let's get you a couple of non-sex, like very un <laughs> like non-sexy things to be able to earn you the ability to start thinking like that. So it's just yeah. getting, it's like dip your toe in the water. It's so true. I mean, the the number of, you know, 1,200 and 1,500 square foot leases that I had to do just to make ends meet and pay my bills yep. back in the day. You know, it's funny looking back on that now. And, and, and the thing is too, like I'm at a point where I want to be doing hundred million dollar deals, but we've, mostly done five to $20 million deals. So, you know, I, I was, I was working on this today is building a roadmap to a hundred million dollars. Like just because I want to do a hundred million dollar deal doesn't mean that I'm, I can go do it. Yeah. I've got to build up. I've got to do a $25 million deal. And then I've got to do a 30 million and then a 40 million and then a 60 million. And you got to build it up to that. Um, and, and you got to build that foundation and they're not sexy. My first deal wasn't sexy, but you know what? It made money and I busted mm -hmm. my ass to make it work. And, and it was great. So Dude, there's a, there's a couple of really great things I want to dive into further out of what you've just said. First, I want to talk about house hacking, because I do think that that is something that you could take away and in five minutes know exactly how to do it. I want to talk about co-living as well, because that is kind of how you're that's like what you've you've grown into. Uh, but first, I want to make a statement and I want you to either argue for it or argue against it. Okay. $50,000 $50, passive is greater than $200,000 earned income. I know I'm putting you on the spot. It depends. It depends, I would say. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So earned in your own business or earned as an employee? Earned as an employee. So $50,000 passive, 50, passive, like truly for, for passive. Sure. Yeah. For sure. 50000 completely passive over 200000 earned for sure. Because like 
here, here's the thing, you reach a ceiling, so that 50,000 passive has no ceiling to it, you know, but now that has become your floor. Now with your W2, 200,000 is probably your ceiling or you're getting close to it, and now your floor is zero because you can get fired at any time. So even from a security standpoint, I would take that 50,000 all day and then go start my own thing. But $200,000 of like business income, that's more fun for me. I actually enjoy that more yeah. than real estate. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and I'm kind of getting to that point too, where, you know, doing the whole YouTube and content thing and selling the courses, like it, the amount of money that I'm starting to make off of that is coming closer to the real estate side. It's not nearly as close, but compared to what it was two years ago when I just, you know, or three years ago when I just started doing this because I had nothing else to do, like it's pretty interesting to watch that grow. But that's that's kind of what I was hoping you would say, because I, I completely agree. I mean, I would take $50,000 passive income and quit a $200,000 job all day because if it's truly passive income, you have 24 hours a day to do whatever you want, which means that you nobody can build that into $500,000 or whatever you want to do. Yeah, nobody thinks about that. Yeah, nobody thinks about that. Like even so, like the crazy thing is like you can – you can do that. So everyone, it's like called binary thinking, right? So people are like, I either I'm a millionaire or I'm broke. I'm, I'm fat or I'm fit. Uh, I'm financially free or I'm working this job. It's not the case. Like there's a lot of gray area in between. So all you really need to do is cover your fixed expenses and you're out. That's all you need to do. The variable stuff, like if you want to go buy bottle service at the club, if you want to go out to dinner every night, if you want to go travel, like all that like ancillary variable stuff, that's what keeps you hungry, you know? So cover your fixed expenses. Make sure yeah, that you got your food, your bills paid, your rent, your mortgage covered so that you can actually just live. Like you have the bare necessities. So for me, $4,000 covered that. I was like, I'm good. Now yeah. you have to make up the 15,000 of variable, right? So that's where it bites the fire under you is trying to figure out how the hell to do that, right? So that's always where I start people is like, let's get your fixed covered and then your variable, we'll figure out how to do it. Cause here's the reality of the situation that people don't think about. So winners win builders build and if you're a winner and you're a builder that's what gets you to the point where you can leave your job so the irony is once you're able to leave your job you're not able to stop working it just is i haven't seen it especially for somebody that's young and if you are young and you leave your job and you refuse to do anything you do just want to go bum it out on the beach i'm probably not going to hang out with you <laughs> yeah like, I'm just, you're not someone I want to chill with uh, because the people that I like hanging out with are people that set and pursue and accomplish big goals. And like, that's what makes life fun. I think that is literally the secret to happiness in life. And nothing means anything unless you put hard work into it ever for in any context. Like if it's not earned, it doesn't matter. And you can see that with these trust fund kids. They get millions oh, and mansions man. and Ferraris and it's nothing to them because they didn't it's, earn it. It's wild to me. I mean, that stuff, like I, I, you know, I grew up in, in those circles and I've, I've got, you know, friends that were those kids, you know, they were the trust fund kids. Daddy yep. gave them a job when they graduated from college. They, you know, daddy bought them a condo in, in their college town and let all their friends live there. And they always had, you know, money to do whatever they wanted. And, you know, I mean, they're bombs, man. It's it's really interesting to see. Like, they don't do anything except for spend their parents' money and live off their parents' dime. And um, I'm really glad and fortunate that I was not raised that way. I mean, I, I didn't have any money. I mean, you know, I had to go out and figure everything else out myself, which, uh, you know, it's it's funny how frustrating that can be at sometimes. But you look back on it now and you're like, man, that was a really good thing that that happened to me. Um, because 
you know, four thousand dollars a month in passive income is cool, but forty thousand dollars a month in passive income Ooh. is even cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, dude. yeah. Just so y'all know, I ain't making no four thousand dollars a month no more. It's way more yeah. fun now. But dude, yeah. it's another cool thing. To, another cool point to hit on is people also assume that problems magically go away when you become like financial, financially free or you leave your job. It's like problems just cease to exist in your life. That's incorrect. Um, you just get better at dealing with problems. Or if you're if you don't, you're going to implode and then end up working for somebody else again. So the reason that you get compensated as an entrepreneur is because you're able to take on larger problems and larger amounts of risk more even keeled you have the emotional capacity to handle it so it's like the highs are high and the lows are low and then you kind of like even them all out because it never stops so like you you hit your first million and like tyler's saying and he's like okay we're we doing between like you know 20 million dollar deals he's like i want to do 100 million dollar deals then I'll do 100 million dollar dollar deals you want to do 500 million dollar deals so it's all part of this like long drawn out game and the game is not winnable so that's the secret to this entire thing that nobody talks about in podcasts, you know, but I just talked to so many people in so many different levels of wealth at hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, the game never ends. So like the best games that are worth playing are not winnable. So you can't win the game of business. You can only hope to remain in business. You can't win the game of health. You can only re hope to remain healthy. You can't win marriage. You just can hope to remain married. So it's like you have to choose games to play for the rest of your life. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, I want to play that game for the, forever. So it's like, I don't necessarily assign my happiness to the million, to the 10 million, to the 100 million, to the passive income. I assign my happiness and my worth to, am I better this year than I was last year? And then when the problems come up, instead of viewing them like these crazy problems that you have to deal with and you're like super pissed off, how I view them is, it's like going to the gym and doing a really heavy leg day. Like sometimes when you're under the squat rack, it's very, very uncomfortable all the time if you're doing it right. But then it builds you stronger and it grows your muscle and it's forced discomfort. And then you grow stronger from that. So it's like Tyler can have a commercial building burn down and then go through the insurance process to replace it and everything. And then the next time it happens, if it were to happen, he's like, oh, that's a Tuesday. You know, it's yeah. a bigger problem. So problems never go away. They just look different. Yeah. And I think, you know, the first step towards getting this is getting your expenses fixed. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this always surprises a lot of people. But up until September, when I bought my house, which I refused to buy a house before that, um, but I found this nice, nice piece of property that's basically serves as a retreat, which I really, really need. Um, I lived off of less than sixty thousand dollars a year, and yeah. you know, no matter how much. I mean, uh, even in September, I mean, we owned over forty million dollars worth of real estate. Um, actually probably over $50 million at that time of real estate. And, you know, my expenses were less than $60,000 a year. But when I first um, started my company when I was 25 back in 2018, um, you know, my expenses were probably between 40 and 60. And that was one of the, it made it so easy on me to leave and start my own business because my expenses were low. So how do you advise people on like first fixing their fixed expenses? It's super easy. It's way easier than most people make it out to be. Everyone focuses on like the 80% of things that don't matter and the 20% of things that do matter, they ignore. So I'm like, once again, I have the data points. Like I'm literally writing the book on this. So 51% of the average American's monthly expenses are between two categories, uh, like housing and transportation. That's it. So if you can figure out how to take care of housing and transportation, 
that's 51%. Like, that's half of your monthly expenses right there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's that easy. So, everyone's talking so much about, like, doing the Starbucks, you know, cut back on avocado toast, like, don't eat out, like, meal prep every single meal. I'm like, dude, that's, like, not moving the needle. That's like walking five minutes on a treadmill at the gym and expecting to lose weight. It doesn't really move the needle. Like what you need to do is figure out how do you reduce or remove your living expense, whether that be rent or through mortgage, and then you figure out how to sell your car and buy one that you can afford in cash. Like, so that's what I did. I had a beautiful Chevy lifted truck, dude. It was my baby. And I ended up selling that thing because I was just like, I'm living in the city, I'm driving a bunch, I had those 33 inch all terrains on there and i was just like dude, <laughs> these this is gonna be a nightmare around atlanta georgia dude i was like I'm yeah driving too much so i sold it man i sold it you know got that payment taken care of and i bought a freaking corolla you know used corolla i mean it wasn't a, a piece of crap corolla it was a cool looking corolla but bought it you know cash and so I, I haven't had a car payment since then and for your rent like you could either move a roommate in you know, move to a slightly less nice apartment, or you can do the house hack strategy, which is 3% down, you buy a primary residence, and then you rent other rooms out. Very easy, super easy. Then you live for free. So that's what I did for three years. I was making quarter million dollars a year and I was living for free for three years. Yeah, I mean, I, back in 2012, I paid cash. It was probably $15,000, I don't know paid cash for a 2007 BMW, right? Yeah. Like I wanted something that was nice, but I also bought it five years used. And I mean, it was the, it was great because I didn't have a car payment for the longest time, you know, up until, um, I mean, honestly, up until I, I bought my house, I always lived with a roommate. There was one year in the last 10 where I didn't have a roommate and I spent so much on rent that I just looked at myself in disgust. I was like, why the hell would you do this? And so, you know, I, I had roommates. I mean, it's, it's totally fine. I'm working 99% of my time anyway, so I'm never home when I am, I'm like going straight to bed. It was never a big problem. So, mm -hmm. you know, there are easy ways to make sacrifices. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about house hacking. Like, how do you run numbers on a house hack to make sure that it works, that, that you can rent out the rooms to cover the mortgage or at least come close to it? Oh, Lord, I haven't talked about this in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, dude, I mean, it's like house hack is just the easiest thing, dude. It's just the back of a napkin math. So you can go on. I bought all my house hacks off the MLS, man. Like, it's not that difficult. So how I did it personally, there's so many different ways you could do it, but how I do it, I look for five bed four bath houses I like look for two level split level two floor um just owner occupant conventional loans three percent down uh, i want two kitchens in my house hack so i'm looking for a 1970s 1980s build uh with two kitchens and in-law suite so i want a kitchen upstairs and i want a kitchen in the basement because it costs you about twenty thousand dollars to build a kitchen from scratch and that's not fun so you need two kitchens uh to do it how i did it so I did what's called the luxury house hack. So I rented out the top floor. Top floor is like a three, two. It looked like just a traditional three, two unit, just a one story, right? And that's how I sold it. So I would put it up for rent and I would say, hey, you know, this is basically like the top unit of a duplex. It's kind of how I would, you know, position it through the rental. And I was like, okay, you live up here. That's my HGTV unit. So if my mortgage is like 1500. <laughs> so it's just like, dude, yeah, mortgage is like 1500. I rent the top, top floor out for like, 1800 
I was like, okay, well then there's already over my mortgage right there. So then on top of your mortgage, you need to account for 20% on top, which is your CapEx, your vacancy expenses, stuff like that. Uh, your rainy day when your roof goes out, your HVAC floods, whatever, um, your water heater breaks. So 20% on top. And then that's the number you're looking for. So I rented at the top and then I had two, a kitchen downstairs and I had two bedrooms downstairs, two bathrooms. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to move a buddy over in the other bedroom, paid 700 bucks a month, you know, and then I never even saw him. I basically lived in a one bedroom studio in my own house. And then I was cash flowing 200 bucks on top of everything net while I was living there. And by the time I moved out and raised rents, they were cash flowing like 1600, $2,000 a piece like per house. So, I mean, that's how I did it. It's very easy. I just did traditional leases, you know, just per person. Got them through, it took me every bit of three days to find tenants because you can price it very reasonably because you're not having to stretch yourself. And then you just have the upstairs and downstairs door locked, separated. You have separate entrances. And then, yeah, I mean, you just work everything out. Everyone's happy, like, to do it. You just screen your tenants like you would a normal property. It's very easy. And like they're appreciative because now they're most of the time the the utilities are just split baseline. I was like, pay 150 bucks, bond pays 150 bucks, 300 bucks, you're covered. They're all appreciative of it. So you know when I'm selling my properties now, I have I've had the same tenants in all the properties ever since, and now they just have all left because I'm selling the property. Well, that's so, a that's a really interesting yeah. way of doing it that I haven't heard before because. Uh, I mean, one, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, you don't have to make a huge profit, if any profit, really, on a house hack to make it make a lot of financial sense for you. Because you're, even if you're, you're just profit, living for free, even yeah. if you're breaking even and you're living for free, that's like, in Atlanta, it was like $1,800 for a one bedroom. So I'm like, dude, I'm saving 18, I'm making $1,800 a month, even if I break even. Exactly. But I have never heard of the five bedroom with the mother-in-law suite. I mean, that's a brilliant <laughs> way of doing it uh, so that you can actually live completely separately from your tenants if you wanted to. Um, yeah, you could do a duplex if you want. But the thing is, everyone's looking for a duplex. Everyone wants yeah. a duplex. They're no, so no, overpriced. There's like barely any duplexes. If you do find any duplexes, you're going to find one or two duplexes. You're going to find a duplex that's going to be like a new construction, renovated. It's going to be like a couple million in the middle of the city. Or you're going to find something on the outskirts. It's like a C class and you're going to need to do a lot of work and it's going to be in a terrible oh, yeah. area. And so I, I just look, there's a whole real estate strategy where you can buy like distressed properties, C, C grade properties. You can do that but for a house act, especially if you're living there for a year, which you have. You to, don't want to live in that. Long, buying in an appreciating market, dude, because you yeah. want to be able to have multiple exit strategies. And now I can sell these as purely single family rentals. And it's so easy on the traditional market. I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of that equity. Yeah, and that's I was having this conversation with another investor this morning. I mean, that's really the play in single family residential because you can't invest in SFR for cash flow anymore. It just it doesn't make any sense. But if you buy in an area where there's a lot of appreciation, you might get a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars of equity in a couple of years, and that's how you really make all your money. Um, Surge, Surge is saying some Dave Ramsey strategies, LOL. Yeah, uh, he's talking about the cutting our expenses. I, yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe that's one thing that hey. I actually agree with Dave Ramsey on. Most of the stuff, uh-uh. Hey, you just got to get a handle on it. You just got to get a handle yeah. on it. We're not saying, like, look, there's two games you can play. You can reduce your expenses and you can increase your income, okay? You can only reduce your expenses so much. That's a game to zero, you know? So it's like you can play that game and, like, you can't out earn poor money management, which is why you have a bunch of rich assholes that are broke 
really? Because they're just spending all their money. So you can't out earn poor money management. So just get your baseline skills and then focus on increasing your income. That's the only three levers to pull for, for financial freedom is increasing your income, accumulating assets, reducing expenses. That's it. It's that easy. It's always been that easy. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple process. So, let's let's talk about co living. What? How did you find out about co living? What interested you in that? And what are you doing in that space? Yeah, I mean, so that's just what it was with the house hack. It went from house hack to essentially co living. It is the same thing, just about. Um, so the only difference was when I moved out, I would move a new person downstairs into that unit. So. I would have two tenants downstairs and then a family or someone renting the entire upstairs as a single unit. So, you know, I had co-living downstairs. So that's how I did it. And it was, once again, way simpler than everyone said. Now you can do co-living where it's like the shared kitchen, shared bathroom, everyone's renting a bedroom. You can do that. Yeah, that's just not how I did it because I just didn't want to do it like that. So, I mean, you make more money that way, but I wanted to go travel around the world and I wanted something that was way more passive. So. I was, you know, when in the downstairs, I'd pick whatever the tenant was downstairs, the long-term one, you know, if somebody else came in, I'd run it by them. You know, I'm not being an asshole. I'm like, yo, like, just make sure that this is a person you get along with. You're not gonna really see each other that much, but let's just make sure, you know? And, you know, it was very easy. It was a smooth transition. Once again, they're paying like $700 a month each. Um, they're not complaining that much, I promise you. And you know, like they were like accountants. Like one of them worked for you know some some local recruiting firm. Another one was just like a CPA, like making ninety thousand dollars a year, just paying seven hundred bucks a month, dude. They're <laughs> they'll live under a shack, dude. They don't care. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> the best of my life. So it's like creating a win-win situation. But it's like all that stuff is just like it's very entry level, and anybody can anybody can do all that stuff. It's like how do you you know grow businesses on top of that and then start scaling from that point into the larger properties into the larger cash flow that's the fun stuff man because you got a cat that has like two hundred thousand dollars a year that they need to replace you can't do that through single family you gotta like start buying businesses and building businesses and buying like large plots of real estate like that's where the fun comes in that's where you start yeah. really get, making some cash flows that's what that's the world that i live in it's super fun but you know like the the house hacks and co-living very very easy strategies great places to start awesome places to start and it builds your foundation that you can easily build upon because i could take big swings of the plate because i was like okay i live for free what am i like worst case scenario i just come home and like you said yeah. about the sixty thousand dollar a year thing dude like for two people living very extravagantly try actively trying to spend money i think i probably spent eight thousand dollars a month like traveling for two people covering me and my ex-girlfriend at the time. Um, so even that wasn't that much money, dude. I can't, I did the math and my rent here in Austin, Texas now is 2,600 for a one bedroom. So it's like, I got a nice apartment now, but I was like, okay, 2,600 and I've got like $300 for a gym membership slash social club. That's so like $3,000 of fixed expenses and everything else is variable. So I was like, dude, honestly, all I really need is like, seven eight thousand dollars take home and i can go travel you know to europe once a month if i felt like it i could do anything i want you know off of that it's not that yeah. much money it's really not that it's not that much no i mean that's that's the that's the really cool thing about it but that that's a good transition into 
you know, talking about what are you doing today? I mean, now that you've you've you quit last year, so it's been one year, a little over, since you left corporate America and you've been building this. I mean, how are you balancing your time between travel, doing the things that you want to do, and then building your passive income as well? Yeah, so I'm not focusing on passive income at all anymore. Um, I just don't want to. That's just not the season that I'm in right now. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know if you want to call it active income. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know what you would label it. It's my business income. So I don't know what category we would put it under. But for me right now, I'm selling my real estate because the only thing I'm focused on is my business. That's all I care about. Because the cash flow that I can generate through my company far surpasses anything that I can do in real estate in about one twentieth of the time. So it's like, so what happened was, so I quit in March of 2022. And then when I was traveling, I was still producing my podcasts one, every day. So I do a podcast every single day, daily. I didn't um, realize you did it every day. That's a yeah, lot. Every day. Every day. Yeah. That I do not miss. Um, so I produce a daily show, Action Academy podcast. And through that show, I make about between one hundred and fifty and $200,000 through like affiliate revenue which I don't anymore because I, I kind of, I didn't necessarily like cancel my affiliates. I just am not talking about them now because I have my own thing because I came to a realization here, which I'll get into. So I, I made 167,900 um, last year, 2022 from podcast affiliates on top of like the 36, $40,000 of passive income through my real estate. So that's what replaced my job. So I did those and I was like, between the podcast and between my real estate, I was living just fine while traveling around the world. Um, so that's what I did. And then I got bored and nobody talks about that. I'm like, okay. Oh, dude, that's, uh, it's so true. Yeah, it happens like, all the time. Cause when you stop winning, then you're like, okay, I'm not a winner anymore. And when you're not a winner anymore, then you're like, okay, well, how can I have confidence? You can't, cause you're not you anymore. You're not winning. You're not taking down big deals. You're not closing big deals. You're not doing big things. You're just existing. And that's awful. And I don't want to do that ever again. So I got quiet. I shut up. I listened and just kind of relaxed for a bit and allowed myself to have that period of time where I could really think about what I wanted to do next. And the answer that came to me was I was thinking too much about me and I needed to transition to we. So um, I interviewed Ben Kenny on my podcast. He's a he's a stud in the Keller Williams world. He, about hundred millionaire. He works under Gary Keller. Um, dude's an entrepreneurial stud. And he talked about this concept of, you know, uh, make a million, net a million, and then like help your team make a million. So there's like different levels to the game. And I was like, wow, what an interesting concept. I never thought about like that before. It's like, yeah, so first you want to make a million dollars in your business. Like, hell yeah, I made a million bucks. He's like, then the next level is how do you net a million as the owner? How do you take home a million dollars a year? It's like, then after that, how do you get your top five team members to take home a million dollars a year? How do you build a life in a business that's so big that your top five team members take home a million a year? And then he's like, then how do you get your top 20? And I was like, ooh. And I was like, this is fun. And he was like, yeah, if you're a solo entrepreneur, he's like, there's no, and this is his opinion. But now after hearing his opinion, it kind of changed how I viewed things. Before I was like, I want to stay lean and mean. But he was like, dude, if, He's like, you can impact the world the most by creating jobs that mean something for other people. He's like, so I build these massive companies that I can employ these people and take care of these people. And they can, I can fix the problem by being like that person, creating something to replace it with. So if somebody hates their corporate job, he's like, I can create one 
where they could become financially free within the company and within the vision. So I thought that was so cool. And anyways, that led me to, I was like, okay, I left corporate America and now I'm traveling full time. This is super fun. I was like, I want to help a million other people do that. So then I was like, I need to create systems and I need to create a structure of my life that would allow for that to happen. So it needed to be bigger than my podcast. So the first thing I thought was I need to make a course. So I'm going to build a 12 week course. Um, so first thing I did was I, I put an offer on my podcast. I said, I'll, I'll coach you for free. Um, I'll take the first hundred calls, you know, I'll coach you for free. So a hundred people called in, did a hundred calls. Um, so it ended up being like 26 hours of free coaching that I did. Um, coached all of them for free and documented all their problems. And I was like, okay, I very, very well understand my customer. Like I know exactly what all of you are going through. I know exactly the exact pain points that you're running into the roadblocks. So I made the course and then I sent an email out to all those people and I was like, Hey guys, made a course. It's not ready yet, but it'll be ready in like half a month. I was like, if you guys, if you guys want to do it, we'll call it 1500 bucks if you want to do it. Um, and then I collected a hundred thousand dollars through Venmo in 48 hours. Because wow. I didn't have a business. <laughs> and I was just like, through real estate, I was like, I'm doing this. And so I was just like, what the heck just happened? You know, because I'd already given them so much value for free that when I made my ask, they were like, I want more of that. Right. So I led with value, which most people do at the opposite. They make an ask before they lead with enough value. Um, so then I created the course, did the thing. Everyone loved the course. We had a Facebook group that everyone was in afterwards. And they started doing deals together in the Facebook group. And I was like, dude, if I keep doing this course, if I stop selling the course, I don't make money anymore. And I was like, plus like a 12 week course, isn't really going to do the thing. Like it'll give you the information, but you're not going to have enough time to implement the information. I was like, this is the wrong business model, right idea, wrong model. I need to change this to a, an annual mastermind model. So what we yep. pivoted to was changing that into a mastermind action Academy community. And then including that 52 hour course is like the 30 day onboarding material for free. So that's what you go through when you join the communities, you go through all that course is like your, your onboarding. So it's like week one, you create your vision. Week two, you create your goals. Week three, you get your accountability. Week four, you pick your asset classes. So it's stuff like that's very methodical. And then I created the community and now we're on pace for 1.3 million in annual recurring revenue this year. Um, so I was like, why do I care about cash flow when I've got yeah. recurring revenue right here? And so now it's a different game that I play where I'm not doing sticks and bricks, which I will in the future, probably next year when I have my business, you know, structured and systematized where it's not involving me a hundred percent of the time. But like for me right now, it's like, I'm bringing in about 25 new members a month, 25 to 30, it's $4,500 a year to join. So I'm like, dude, like they're getting an insane value. It's very cheap for them. And I'm getting an insane value because I can hire a team. I can build out systems. I can hire coaches and now I'm building my own business. And so I can live off of that. I can do anything that I remotely want to do in my entire life through that. And I can help a bunch of other people hit their financial goals at the same time. So it's just like an absolute no brainer, dude. It's the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. This is what oh, I was man. meant to do. I can totally see that. I mean, you know, I could tell by the way that you talk about it and how committed you are to it. Cause you know, we've talked about this before on your podcast, but your TikToks and your Instagram reels are popping up on my page all the time because you're committed to <laughs> yeah. posting every damn day. Like you do it every single day. And, and that's really what it takes if you want to, if you want to stand out and, 
And uh, I think that's really interesting. I mean, you know, obviously, with this being a commercial real estate podcast, I'm going to bring it back to the real estate side of things real quick. But a lot of people get it in their heads that real estate is the end all be all. And I don't think that that's true, even though I am, you know, big in the commercial real estate space. I did something kind of similar to you, right? Where the first, you know, four years of my business, I was focused on just buying. Yeah, yeah, I was just focused on buying real estate, creating that income. And then I, I, on the side, I had my three companies that would grow every time I bought a property, my companies would grow to, to manage it for me. But you know, since then, I've diversified, I, I, I own a bar, I am doing this YouTube stuff. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of speaking engagements now. And real estate is not the end all be all it's it's become like this, this found like you talked about earlier, this foundational platform for you to earn enough money passively to go do whatever you want on the side. And I think that's a great way of looking at real estate investments is like, how how many pieces of real estate is it going to cost? Or is it going to take for you to make enough passive income for you to go follow whatever dream you have? Correct. And that that's that's the end game for me. So it's like use real estate buy businesses, like do whatever path you want to take to be able to be able to sit down for three months, whatever have you, whatever period of time. And think back to what the hell you enjoyed doing as a kid and be like, I want to go start a business off of that. And I call that passionate income. That's what I care about. I don't care about passive income. Passive income is a tool that gets you your freedom to where you can sit back and be like, okay, what do I what really fires me up? Like I want to build a business around that and I can afford to take a risk and take a swing here at the plate. And I don't, I don't have to worry about that. If you want to move to Hawaii and you want to open up a taco stand in Hawaii, and that's been your dream. If you want to become open up a surf instruction company in Hawaii, go buy you some real estate and build a business that allows you enough cash flow to go do that. Like, that's what I think. So at the end of the day, like wealth is, is just a stool with a couple of different legs. So you have to view it a different way. So like the, the wealth stool is you have asset accumulation. So you need to build equity. You need to have a balance sheet. You need to have a cash flow vehicle and you need to have a, a vehicle that helps you save on taxes. That's it. So what I like doing and what Tyler does also, but just in a, in a different way, there's, it's all different ways that you can do this, but it's all the similar strategy. You need to have a cash flow vehicle that pours into the real estate. Like, because normally it's going to be a lot of time, energy and effort to get the real estate to be able to pump out enough cash flow to support itself unless you do the burr process really, really well. Um, so that's the best way that I've seen is taking building a, a high cash flow business, a high cash flow, high margin business where you're like, oh, man, I'm collecting cash hand over fist. So then I can go into next year with like a million dollars in cash. And then I go partner with the operator and I can take down a massive property and then I can qualify as a real estate professional or you get your wife to qualify as real estate professional status. And then you do what's called a cost segregation and you wipe out all your taxable income. And then you've got this asset where it doesn't need a cash flow as much because you already have your cash flow taken care of. And now you can make really smart decisions off of equity and appreciation. So now it's a whole value add game as opposed to making stupid decisions for on paper cash flow. Am I off yeah. there at all? Or? <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what we do. You know, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about cost segregation. And, you know, we almost have to buy a new property every year because it helps yeah, offset yeah. all of our active Oop. income. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the game. Uh, that's, that's great. The, that's that's yeah. the game. And that's what you see. 
So you see these, uh, the smart ones, anybody that's a smart professional athlete making lots of money, they're going to take all that, they're going to put it into real estate. That's why when you see these houses that are getting bought by Taylor Swift and all these people, like they're just tax plays. That's all oh, they yeah. are. And they're buying them in cash. So, or, or they're buying them in cash or they're just taking a loan against their business or taking a loan against their assets or stock portfolio and using that line of credit to buy the property and then using that property to write off the depreciation. We may be going a little too high level here. We may need to- Yeah, no, 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 that's, I mean, that's exactly right though. I mean, you're, you're taking out a loan against the income that your business makes to buy the real yep. estate. And then yep. you get to write off the real estate. So you haven't technically put any of capital. your own cash into it. You keep the capital and you get to write off any interest payments that you're making to the bank. So Bingo. it's just, you, you get benefits all over the place. So Brian, this has been a great conversation, man. If anybody listening to the podcast wants to learn more about Action Academy uh, or anything else you've got going on, how can they reach out to you? Dude, uh, go check out Action Academy podcast. Uh, we have a lot of commercial real estate on there, guys. Don't worry. Me and Tyler just had a very <laughs> wide-ranging conversation, but uh, we do a lot of real estate. It was a, a good lot one. Of business acquisition on the show. Um, so that's the point of the show. We get you out of a job you hate, so you can build passion around your. Uh, you can build profit around your passion. So, uh, real estate, business acquisition, entrepreneurship. If you want to learn how to do all of that, that's the show five days a week. Uh, we've got all of your favorite influencers on there. Anybody that's big in real estate has been on the pod or is coming on the pod, the Pace Morbys of the world, the Ryan Pinedas, the Tyler Cobbles. We've had some billionaires on there. We have Brandon Turner on there. Any author that you want is on there. Um, I always recommend listening to the show first. If you listen to a, at least three episodes and you really enjoy what you're hearing, know that information was never the answer. Implementation is. And so if you want to be held accountable to implementing the lessons that you learn in the podcast, that's where our community comes in. We help you get out of your job within six to 12 months through real estate and business acquisition. We'll kick your ass and hold you accountable to the measures that it takes to produce that. So that's my business. So Action Academy, check it out. I love it. We'll kick your ass and hold you account accountable. That's, uh, that's, that's exactly what everybody needs. That's the secret sauce. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you everybody for joining us live. Uh, what's going on to everybody listening to this on the podcast. Uh, this show was sponsored by CRE Launch Pro, my uh, commercial real estate course on investing for beginners. Go check it out, crelaunchpro.com. See you guys.